Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Good morning. It is so good to be back. Um, You see, I'm an evangelist, and I just came back from a gospel crusade. And as evangelist, I try to witness to anybody that has a pulse. And I also encourage people to pray for their loved ones, you know. And so there's this man, and he's praying for all of his loved ones to get saved and his friends. And so he gets to his mother-in-law, and he said, Lord, I just pray my mother-in-law would go to hell I'm convinced, Lord, I know without a shadow of a doubt that after four days, the devil will kill himself. (laughs) So anyhow, that is the first time I ever told a joke, but that's not a real man. (laughs) But I heard the Lord this morning say, I want you to tell that. I'm like, okay. Um, So anyhow, seriously, I'm so glad to be back. I love America. There's no place like home. I was in Tanzania, Africa, and I, I'm, I was really missing my Mexican food and, of course, guacamole. Um, I was missing cars with air conditioners, and my hair was always a mess. And then I was missing American bathrooms. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so I thought certainly the Lord would let me share one of the six, ma- seven messages that I spoke there, because then that would be easy, right? I already have a message prepared. Or the Lord would let me share about Africa and all the phenomenal things that happened. It was life-changing, and I know that word's overused. But he said no. I'm like, okay, wait, wait a minute. Can I talk about healing? Because that's Brad and I's thing. Like, we love to pray for people and see them healed. And he said, no. I'm like, what? And so he has something else on his heart for you. But he did tell me, tell me, I could tell you like a little synopsis of what happened. So basically, God showed up and he showed off. And I witnessed people getting healed with blindness, blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening. I saw the crippled walk a paralyzed woman start moving on and on and on. And I would come home at night and I would try to document all the healings. There were so many, some nights I forgot some of them because they started running into each other. It was, it was incredible. But do you want to know what the most incredible miracle of all was? It was the thousands of souls that came to Jesus. And so the Lord, yeah, I'm going to start crying. The Lord confirmed his word with signs and wonders. So we're going to show a video here. Just a second. Um, So just a little background. So these people, they love to worship, young and old. And they worship for hours. And it is hot and humid. Let's go ahead and roll that video. I want to show you how the Tanzanians worship. Okay, so you know how worship, it clears the atmosphere, it does spiritual warfare. Well, they take it to the next level. They are commanding demons. In that song, in Swahili, they're saying, demons, get out, come out. And so no wonder we saw so many miracles. 
I, you know, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> so I have one more video, if you'll get that ready. A um, little backdrop on this. So this was the night of the crusade that I spoke, and we had the altar call, and um, I was wrecked. And we had to go down into the crowds, and we got to go down in the crowds and pray for the sick. So this man came up to me, and he had his daughter on his hip. And he was kind of like holding her out, and the interpreter said, please pray for his daughter. Well, that was it. He didn't expound. And I could tell her leg looked a little funny, you know. But he stood her up. Now I'm going to move this back so everybody can see. He stood her up, and I am not lying. The right leg was like this, like a 90-degree and the left leg was like that. I can, I'm going to fall over. And um, so anyhow, I was like, oh, Holy Spirit, help. I'm never <laughs> pray for somebody like that. And we didn't have chairs. So I just set her down in the dirt. So I'm down in the dirt with her. And I grab her ankles. And I say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, straighten. And I'm waiting. In Jesus' name. And then, like that, and perfectly straight. Perfectly straight. And so he stood her up again, and there's very little communication. It's so loud, you can hardly even hear the interpreter. But one of the legs was a little bit out like that, and I was like, oh, we got to pray for again. It's got to be perfect. Jesus prayed twice. I'm going to pray for her twice. Okay, I need a chair. So I go up to the, to the platform where there was a chair, and I sit her in the chair. I prayed for her again, and then they called me away. So I was attending to something else, and I didn't get to test her, you know. And then I hear the announcer, who was the translator, and he said, this man right here, this man says his daughter is healed. And I turned around, and I was like, it's my guy. It's my guy with the little girl. Well, what happened? So I ran over. I put the mic in his face, and I said, tell us what happened. And he said, well, my daughter is healed, so I gave my heart to Jesus. <laughs> Now, this little girl's like three and a half, four years old. And then he proceeded to say, she's never walked a day in her life. Can you go ahead and let it roll? And this is me in the white skirt, if you can, a little bit. Yeah, he thank God that um, his daughter has actually uh, did have the problem of walking problem actually. But now it's okay. You pray for her. He sees different from uh, at first. Have a walk. Okay. Have a walk. Yeah. Now, everyone find your tembe. Watch your tembe. Tembe, 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 tembe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. You see, Jesus is the healer. I was just the vessel. My team, we were just the vessels. We were just the instrument of the Lord. Okay, I'm can't get emotional. So anyhow, this is what the Lord wants me to talk to you about today, about the greater works. You see, he said, these works shall you do that I did, and even greater works. And then he tells us 
In Mark 16, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And to them that believe, they shall be saved. But to them that disbelieve, they shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Didn't say these signs shall follow those that are pastors. Or these signs shall follow those that are apostles. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. So the Lord said, this is really on his heart. And he wants me today to share with you the keys to operating in the greater works. You see, the Lord has need of you. He has need of you to advance his kingdom. He has need of you to operate in the greater works and to live out your God-ordained destiny so that the great commission can be fulfilled. The Lord has need of you. Let's go ahead and turn to Psalms 139. It's 139.16. This is in the New Living Translation. You saw me before I was born. Do we have it up there? You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. So you see, so the Lord, he thought of you. He saw you in his mind. He created you in his heart before you were put in your mother's womb. And then he wrote a book about you. So each one of you has a book in heaven that is a map of your life. It is the plan of the Lord for your life. It is the path of the Lord. But the Lord told me I'm sad because the majority of believers, the majority of Christians are not living out their book. They're not living out their God-ordained destiny. You see, the enemies at work all the time trying to pull you off of the path of the Lord onto the path of destruction. And he has many tax tactics. One of them is he will make you feel disqualified, like because of some past sin, or he'll make you feel inadequate. Well, I don't know the whole Bible, and you compare yourself to other people, and you just don't feel like you have the goods. And then other ways he gets you is busyness. You're so busy with work and activities, and there's so many options. And then he'll numb you with entertainment. And finally, his age-old strategy is to just get you into sin and pull you away slowly from the Lord. And so today, the Lord really wants me to help you stay on the path of the Lord and fulfill not only your God-ordained destiny, but the blueprint that is written in heaven for your life. So who's interested in that? Are you interested in that? So um, number one, to walk in the Spirit. So those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God, right? And so the foundational piece to this is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know most of you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but not all of you. And the Lord wouldn't let me just kind of skirt over this. He said, no, I want you to address it. And it might be for one person in here or people online, I don't know. This is a refresher course. And this isn't the whole message, but he wanted to share, wanted me to share my story. You see, as a teenager, I went to a church, I went to the altar, I said a prayer, and I became a Christian. So I got my ticket stamped to go to heaven. But I didn't get filled with the Spirit. And I was a good girl, tried to be a good girl, went to church every Sunday. And then 
over time, the enemy pulled me onto his path. And so about 10 years later, I had an encounter with the Lord. And this time, I gave him my whole heart. And I made him the Lord of my life, and I surrendered all. It was awesome. And I felt this huge weight come off of my shoulder, and I knew that I was born again. So my friend Kevin was not going to let me backslide, so he made me come to like a life group meeting in somebody's home. I walked in the door, and I met the most lovely Christians I'd ever met. They had this light on their countenance. They were full of joy and love. It's like they had this connection with the Lord. They were not like any other Christians I had ever met. And they were sincere. They were not phony. And then they all stood in a circle and they grabbed my hand. They all started praying at the same time. That was weird. I didn't know at that time, but they were all praying in an unknown tongue. Suddenly, this woman starts speaking over my friend Kevin, because we just met her, right? And she starts speaking all these all the supernatural information that only God would know. Well, I knew some of it was accurate because I grew up with Kevin. I was astonished. How did she know that information? I was so intrigued. I ran up to the hostess and I said, there is something you guys have. There's something you have that don't, other Christians don't have and I want it. Can I talk to you about it? Sure, honey. So she hands me her telephone number. The next night, I'm in her house. I'm in the dining room. The babies are in bed. She gets out two Bibles. And so she starts reading scriptures about the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit was like, who's that? He's the mysterious thing, you know, and I guess he's in the Bible, you know. And so she goes after scripture, after scripture, after scripture. And I'm not going to go over them all. But the Lord said, I want you to go ahead and pull up Matthew 3.11. Just share a few. So this is John the Baptist speaking. I baptize you with water, but he, that's Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. Then Acts 1, 4 and 5, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then in Acts 1.8, this is Jesus speaking again before he ascends. And he's speaking to probably at least 500 people. Um, so he's already been resurrected. It's one of his last things he said, I believe. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the remotest parts of the earth. You see... The, these two last scriptures were in red. And when the scriptures are in red, that's Jesus talking to you. And, and so this woman actually said that to me. You see, that's Jesus talking, right? You know that it's in red, that's Jesus. And she said, I just want to ask you, do you think being baptized in the Holy Spirit is optional? And I was like, no, it's a command. And she said, well, would you like to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, sure. What do I need to do? So she led me in this little prayer. And so I'm being my reverent Methodist self, and I have my head bow. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. It was a total act of faith. And then all of a sudden, I feel this wind. And I'm thinking, she didn't open the door. 
she didn't open a window. Oh, wow, this wind's getting stronger. Oh, my goodness, the wind is going through my head like I don't have a brain. It was going from one ear to the other ear. It was swirling all around me. And it got stronger and stronger. I'm like, oh, goodness, now I'm swaying. Now, y'all understand, I'm like this logical, mathematical person, you know, I don't do weird stuff. This was weird, but I knew it was happening to my body, and I wasn't faking it, you know. Well, Sharon starts swaying. I start swaying, and Sharon, whoop, down I go. And so she runs over, and she puts these chairs under me. So I'm laying in a stranger's dining room um, on her chairs in a dress, and I'm thinking, oh, my, I need to get up. I mean, this is inappropriate, and I've got work tomorrow. Well, guess what? Uh, I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up. I mean, I couldn't even move my pinky, you know? And so I'm just laying there, and she said, Honey, just relax. Just enjoy it. The Lord's loving on you. It's his presence. So I'm laying there, and you know, it's awesome. When I started relaxing, I felt like I was on a beach in heaven, and I love beaches. The wind was blowing, and I was in a different realm. I didn't know that was in the Bible. Who reads the Bible? Anyhow. So so I just laid there for an hour, maybe two. And then she comes up to me and she said, now I just met this lady, okay? And she said, the Lord just told me that he wants to heal some deep hurts that you experienced when you were two years old. She didn't know that my parents split up when I was two and my daddy left me. And then I never saw him again, or very seldom. And immediately, I felt the hand of God go on the top of my head all the way down to right here. Well, I didn't know that's where your spirit is. And all of a sudden, this hand pulled it out. And then again, down on my head to this area and pulled that out. You see, I had a wounded spirit. And the Lord healed me instantly. You see, divorce not only divides families, but it wounds children. The good news is that in an instant, the Lord can heal you from that pain. So that was quite remarkable. And then I laid there a few more minutes, or I have no idea. I was there a long time. And I I thought, I really do need to get up. I mean, she probably wants to go to bed. And so I I asked the Lord, can you back off a little bit? And and so I finally, you know, started getting up. And I'm not kidding you. I was walking around like a drunk person. Well, I didn't know in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit resembled a wind. Nor did I know those people appeared to be drunk. I was living it. This analytical, logical woman is having this experience. (laughs) So nobody can tell me there's no Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm about to get in my car, and she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. You've got to ask for the gift of tongues. And I'm like, what? What is that? And she said, well, it's the most important gift of all. Did y'all hear me? You see, the Holy Spirit has nine gifts, but the most important gift is the gift of tongues, and it is for every believer. And when you pray in tongues, it is a perfect prayer. It's a perfect prayer for your family, for your friends, for your work, your job, your career, your, if you're a student in school. And it's praying the perfect will of God. 
Besides, when you pray in tongues and you're praying out loud, the demons hate it. They start screaming, ah, like that. And then they run for the hills. There's this man called John Ramirez. I don't know if anybody has heard of him. Okay, so he's an ex-Satanist. Now he's a Christian. But he shared that when he was on the dark side, and he was high level, that he could go into neighborhoods and he could find the Christians. And he could put sickness on them. He could wreck their finances. And he could split up their marriages. But he said, there are this one group of Christians I couldn't touch. They were the ones that prayed in tongues on a regular basis. You know, Paul said that I wish that you all prayed in tongues. And then he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. Well, isn't that interesting that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament? Could there be a correlation between revelation and praying in tongues? You know, if I was the devil... I would, first off, convince Christians, oh, that's just for the book of Acts. That's just for the early church. And if that doesn't work, then I would convince Christians, okay, well, you know, you got the gift. You don't have to pray in it. You know, every once in a blue moon or on church, at church on Sundays, you can do it there, you know. And he's been doing a really good job of it. So, okay, I am motivated, right? She sold me on it. It's really easy to sell a salesman. And because that's what I used to do. So I go home, I sit on my bed. Okay, Lord, I went the gift and I heard two syllables, Shunda. And I spoke it out, Shunda, 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 Shunda. And I felt so stupid. Like my mind was going, having fits. You know, my mind was like, you're making it up. And that's what the devil always tells you. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not making this up. And so I just went around every place speaking Shunda, Shunda, Shunda. And then I, I get invited to um, this prayer meeting. This is a real prayer meeting. And all these women that were older than me took me under their wing. And so they would start out singing. So they would be like in a circle, and they'd all start singing, singing a few hymns, and singing like, you know, little ditties, easy songs for me to follow. And then they'd start praying in tongues. And I want to tell you, I was bored. Because you stand there for an hour or so praying shanda, shanda, shanda. I wanted to go home. I was like, I'm hungry. I want to go home. My flesh was screaming. But I knew I was supposed to stay there with them. So I kept praying and praying. And then all of a sudden, there would be a holy hush that would come into the room. And everybody at the same time would stop praying. It was like they had been cued. But we all had our eyes closed. But I recognized that, the presence of God, because I was on those dining room chairs. That's what I was experiencing. And then they would sit more time, more time, lots of time, sitting, sitting, sitting. And they would be waiting on the Lord. That's what it's called. You wait on the Lord. And they were getting downloads. The Lord was speaking to them. They were getting answers to the prayers that they would prayed. I was getting zippity-doo-dah. But I was enjoying the presence of the Lord, you know. I still had a lot of wax in my ears, I guess. I don't know. It took me a long time before I really started hearing the voice of the Lord well. But those ladies would get a prophetic word. Or they would start singing the Spirit, you know. And I would be there almost all day long. 
And sometimes I thought the Lord was trying to punish me because this was every week, you know? But now when I look back, I am so thankful for these ladies. You see, for me, it was hard. And even today, it's hard. Sometimes I try to start praying in the spirit and it just, it's, it's like plowing through hard ground. And I can do five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, and it's just work. It's like going to the gym. I'm trying to work my spiritual muscle here and build up my hope, most holy faith, right? I don't like going to the gym either, but I keep doing it and doing it and doing it until all of a sudden it starts flowing and it gets easy and you get into a sweet spot. It's similar to like a runner with a runner's high. So the runner, you know, I've never gotten that either. Um, and they start running and running and running, and then they get into this high, and then they're addicted. Well, that's what happens when you pray in tongues. And you'll get in that place, and then time just flies, and you're not watching your clock like I was with those ladies. So anyhow, um, why am I sharing all this? Because the Lord says that He wants you to do the greater works. He wants you to live out your God-ordained destiny. But the problem is you're not connecting to the source. So when you pray in tongues, it's like taking these battery cables and putting them on the ultimate battery of the universe. You're connecting to the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, the greats, the heroes of the faith know this principle. John G. Lake, Catherine Coleman, Kenneth Hagen, Benny Hinn. He's still alive. The other ones aren't. But... They pray for days in the Holy Spirit. They pray and pray and pray. Yes, they pray in a little bit of English, but then you run out of words. And then the devil hears what you're praying and he sabotages your prayers. But when you're praying in the Spirit, it's like praying in a secret code to the Heavenly Father. Um, I've, uh, there was a, a guy that died and went to heaven for an hour and 45 minutes. He said he saw people praying. He saw their prayers. And then there was this one prayer that was right by his feet. And it was going wrong like a little snail or turtle. That was the prayer of a saint praying in English. And this one just whizzed by his head. Whoa, what was that? That was the prayer of somebody praying in tongues. It went immediately into the throne room of God to be answered by the Father. So my friend Jackie, she was part of the group of ladies that the Lord sovereignly connected me with. And this woman, she's amazing. She prays in tongues all the time. And she doesn't care if anybody hears her. They just think she's a foreigner. When she's in the grocery store, when she's, she's praying in her car, her kids, she's taking her kids to school, and they're like, oh, it's mom. You know, and she's washing dishes, everything she does, just every, I'm not that talented, y'all. I lose track. I was like, oh, crud, I'm not playing, praying in tongues anymore, you know, because I'm focused on my project at work. Um, but anyhow, this lady's amazing. So one day, I was asking the father, like, okay, her husband has the largest farmer's insurance agency, the most profitable in the whole United States. I want to know, what is his secret? And he said, it's his wife. It's Jackie. She prays in tongues all the time. And see, she doesn't know very much about his business, but the Holy Spirit does. And so, you know, I was bragging on the Lord and what he did in Tanzania, and I didn't tell you a fraction. But I attribute the power of God moving in the way that it did from praying in tongues. 
You see, before I went, I prayed in tongues for weeks. I fasted a little bit too. And then when we were there, I prayed in tongues. And those crusades started at three to like eight o'clock. And I prayed in tongues the whole time. And then before we would go to the crusade, I'd pray. And then during the day, I spoke to businessmen and women's groups. And I was praying in tongues then too because I need his help. I really need his help all the time. And I don't want it to be any of me. And then we had precious saints back here, precious intercessors that were praying for us. I had a team of about a dozen, and they're praying in tongues for me. So I attribute the success and the victories and the miracles and the healings to the Holy Spirit. And it was energized and activated by praying in tongues. See how important this is? And the Lord just wants me to encourage you because he said, Sharon, this is becoming a lost art. You see, those saints that you prayed with, I'm going to take them home pretty soon. And this next generation doesn't know. They don't understand. They need to know this. So the, the first key was just get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then the second key is praying in tongues continually. Because you know, in Ephesians, uh, well, yeah, Ephesians 6, it says to pray at all times in the Spirit. That's what it says. Um, and the third key, we're going to move on now. This is, I call it the refilling key. In Ephesians, again, in chapter 5, 18, the word says, Paul's actually saying, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean? That means to be continually filled, not just a one and I'm done. And so what the Lord told me is that many of you have leaked. I think I've leaked too. Um, he wanted me to share a story. If you want to get the next scripture ready. This is a group of believers. They've already been dunked in water, baptized in water. They've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, they've already gotten the gift of tongues. But persecutions are rising in Jerusalem, and they're scared. And so they gather together in a prayer meeting. And so it reads like this. Now, Lord, take note of their threats. And grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while, ex while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through your holy servant, Jesus. And then when they all prayed, the place where they were gathered was shaken. So, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Is it shaken? I think I left that word off. But can you imagine, this is, picture this. Okay, so they're, they're praying together, and the mini earthquake, the floors are rumbling, the walls are rumbling, the roof is rumbling, and the Holy Spirit falls on them. And now they're not scared anymore. Now they're bold, and they're going to go out and witness, and they might get their heads chopped off, but they don't care. And they're laying hands on the sick, and they're getting healed. They got refilled. They'd already had that experience, but they intentionally asked the Holy Spirit to fall on them again. And that's what we're going to do today. Not right now, but we're going to do that. And I'm uh, just a commercial. Mentioned, I mentioned about the healing. I wanted to pray uh, 
asked the Lord if I could speak on healing. At the end, we are going to pray for healing. And if you need a miracle, we're going to pray for healing. So don't leave, okay? Um, but right now, the Lord wants me to give you these keys, and then we're going to pray a prayer in a few minutes to get refilled so you can be empowered to do the greater works. So um, I'm winding it down. So the fourth key is worship. And I think we do a really good job. We could take a few notes from the Tanzanians. Uh, but I think in Mallory, and I just love her. She's my daughter. And they did, in Jen and all of them, they did such a wonderful job. And I know you have your Bethel and, yes, you have your Bethel and Hillsong. And <laughs> we have that down. But there's another form of worship, and it's in English. And I'm going to demonstrate to you. You see, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, Right? But there's some mornings I get up to do my little quiet time, and I'm sleepy. I'm not in the mood. I feel zero spiritual, spiritual on the temperature gauge, you know. And so I have to make a sacrifice of praise. And so I get my little phone out, and I put five minutes. I time five minutes. And then I close my eyes, and I raise my hand like this. And then I start worshiping the Lord. Now, I could start, you know, singing. That's another option. I do that some mornings. But this is what I do often, and sometimes I do it later in the day. It didn't have to be in the morning, okay? For those that are a little, literal, literal. <laughs> okay, so Father, I just praise you. I thank you, Almighty God, that you're the beginning, the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, that you're the one true God. And I love you, Lord. I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. There is none like you. There is none like you in all the earth. For the, you are the creator of all. You made heaven and earth and everything under the earth. And you reign. And you are glorious. And you are fabulous. And I honor you. I honor you in all your ways. For you have been my deliverer. You have been my fortress. You're my savior. You're my redeemer. You're my defender. You're my deliverer. You're my healer. You're my provider. And I say, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. You you are my everything. And I bless you, Lord. I bless your holy name. With all that is within me, I bless your holy name. You are the Alpha and the Omega. Hallelujah. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that there is no one like you. No other God like you. You're the one true God. And you are a good God. And you are faithful and true. And you're a God of joy and love and peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of you, I can move and live and have my being. I exalt you, Lord. I magnify you, Lord. Lord, you're a God of splendor. You're majestic. You're holy. I glorify you, Lord. I glorify you. I glorify you. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So I'm telling you what, I don't know if y'all felt the atmosphere ship, but I did. And I can go from being gloomy to glad just like that. And now I'm ready. 
I am ready to read my Bible. I am ready to pray. I'm ready to rock and roll. And I just connected with the Holy Spirit. And you could do this in your mind, like when you're at work. You can do this in the car. You can get more, you know, the, I think the louder the better, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> Because I can hear myself and it builds up my faith when I hear myself, you know. So I just want, that's your homework. I want you all to try to do that every day. And then lastly, there's other keys, but lastly, Mal, Mal and Jen. The last one is singing in the Spirit. And now we do a little bit here, a little, we put our little toe in there, in the water. But these ladies that I prayed with, they would sing and sing and sing and sing in the Holy Spirit. So that's singing in your prayer language. Now, this is not an American Idol contest, okay? This is between you and God. And if you can't pray in tongues right now, you will before the, the day's over because we're going to pray for you. But if you can't pray in tongues, just worship the Lord. Just sing, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you and the key that works for you. And it is so powerful. I don't know if anybody know Ruth Heflin. And this woman of God, you can go online and she'll have 15 minutes of praying and singing in tongues, singing in tongues. And then she starts prophesying. So she starts singing prophetic words. It's so powerful. And that woman saw amazing things, amazing things. I mean, she... How many times was she transported? I mean, Lord, we, ha we haven't even scratched the surface. We're in the last days. We're going to see people transformed. A transvestite's going to come down here, and they're going to be changed to their original sex. Those are the greater works that are going to happen. We're going to see children with Down syndrome and autism. And immediately before your eyes are going to change. But the Lord has need of all of you. I can't do it all by myself. Every one of us needs to get on deck. We're going to be so busy. And see, when you pray for people and they get healed, it is an advertisement of who the true King of Kings is. Okay, Mal. You can go. We're going to sing. I want everybody to stand up. We're all sing. Oh, yes, and I, my Lord, yes, and I...